Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter number 26. I want to read one verse there, verse number 27. Amen. If you have the ability to stand, stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. And then we'll pray and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Brother Roderick, so good to see you, brother. Amen. I'm glad you came. I was hoping you would. I know you're busy now. Your phone's ringing a lot more. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Appreciate you so much. First Chronicles chapter 26, one verse, verse number 27. It says, out of the spoils won in battles did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord. I'll read that again. Out of the spoils won in battles did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord. It's going to be our only verse for the text tonight. I want to preach under this thought. The divine meaning and outcome of spiritual conflict. I want to share with you one of the greatest truths God's ever given me in my life. And I believe that the Lord is going to help somebody here in this house here tonight. Would you pray for me right now and we go to the Word of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, God, for this night. I thank you for this people, Lord, that have gathered in this house for one reason, and that's to worship you. God, I pray that you would open our eyes, our ears, and that you would allow this Word to fall on good soil. I pray that you would allow this word to have free course. I pray that you would anoint me to convey the message. Ask you to confirm it, Lord God. With signs following, God, we'll praise you and we'll thank you for it because you alone are worthy. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord here tonight. Thank you so much for your giving. I know the Lord receives that as worship. And we greatly appreciate your investment and your confidence in the ministry of the evangelists. Not too many pastors are brave enough to invite an evangelist in this day and time. Come on, somebody. And I'm thankful for every opportunity that the Lord gives. The divine meaning and outcome of spiritual conflict. Now, we understand the Word of God makes us aware of a conflict right in the beginning. Right there in the doorway of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. That word enmity there means hostility, means to be an enemy. And we also know by this verse that there are really only two seeds that everything comes out of. It is the seed of Satan and it is the seed of Christ. And in all the creation, everything is out of one or two of those seeds. And so we know by the scripture that there is an enmity between these two seeds. That is at the very constitution of it all. The very composition of creation. And that is something that God himself put there. He is the one that said, I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. It was God that set the enmity. That warfare that was created. 
because of man's failure and disobedience in the garden. You know he could not continue on in his condition, and that's why God had to put him out. God left man on the outside, not without a plan. We know that Christ was died before the foundation of the world, but man could not continue in that failed condition. He was put on the outside. The persistent peril of humanity is to wander in darkness. That's exactly what the condition of our world is in. Man has no answers. He has no solutions. It doesn't matter how high the forms of government become. It doesn't matter how educated that we are in the earth. It doesn't matter how far we move along in technology. Man has no solutions to his troubles. He's only a wanderer. He's left to till the ground. He, he has no way to, to figure out his complexities. There's an emptiness, a disconnect, a missing part. And that was all a result of his own failure. And because of that disobedience, death passed upon all men. And that's what the cross was all about. That's why Jesus came. He come to bridge that gap, to bring man back and reconcile him into his rightful position with God and it can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. I know you know that. But you have to understand that the condition of a humanity is a result of all these thousands of years is a result of that initial failure. And we now live in the conditions that are a result from that. Man in his own nature has a hostility toward God. He has a hatred toward Him. There are people, scores and thousands and millions, that will go to hell because they thought they were smarter than God. They rejected His way. They rejected Him. You read the book of Revelation. It's mind-blowing to see the wrath of the Lamb being poured out on this earth and men still shaking their fist in the face of God, mocking Him to His face. It didn't matter the wrath that was poured out the judgment the the terrible pain of that of that time what will be and they're still cursing God it's an amazing thought when you think about it that so many go to hell because they're too proud to admit that they needed help they're too proud to kneel at the foot of the old rugged cross and say I'm not good enough to make it God I have to have a savior I have to have a redeemer and they'll go for that simple fact man's nature is an amazing thing it'll fight to the bitter end brother that's why a lot of times he has to hit rock bottom before he ever looks up men stand in their pride and their arrogance before God has to break the thing before they ever look up for help when you think about it that's in the nature of man that's what he is in his fallen state against God. He's hostile against the things of God and and against the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I know tonight that we live in a world that is shot through with hostility. You don't have to look very far to find that. It's everywhere. The divisiveness that's in the world. The envy, the hatred, the bitterness, the strife, the brokenness. All of that in the creation. It's a result of that fall brother 
But thank God tonight that in Jesus, he's reconciling the world to himself. There's a way back in. Thank God. That's what the cross is for. God's redeeming the world. He's bringing it back in Christ. And thank the Lord there is a way back in. But the hostility is a part of this human condition. It's the world that we live in. But what I want you to know is it goes beyond humanity. This hostility goes all the way into the heavens because it is spiritual in nature back of everything else. And believe it or not, there's a lot of people sitting on church pews that have no idea that this is a spiritual war and a spiritual battle. We have a spiritual enemy. We fight one another not recognizing that that's not flesh and blood that's the issue. People say to me, I, I say, listen, I don't deal with men. I deal with the spirit world. I preach beyond. Well, you must have been talking about so-and-so. Well, I'm dealing with what's behind so-and-so. I'm not dealing with them. It's bigger than them. I said it's bigger than them. It goes beyond. It goes into the heavens, brother. We deal with principalities and powers. The scripture says this. Finally, my brethren, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, watch this now, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Friend, that's the realm we deal with. And when you're in this pulpit, you know that it's beyond what's sitting in pews. It's something beyond that, brother. I can tell you there's a spiritual darkness that gets angry when he's exposed. I've experienced very few times in this journey, but there's been a couple of times I knew I was hitting something deep in that realm of darkness, and I can promise you the fallout was the evidence we touched something in that spiritual realm that the devil was very upset about, friend. But I've come to understand this is beyond this. This is life and death. And we need to understand that we do not wrestle with the flesh and blood element. It's a spiritual darkness we're against, friend. It's beyond the natural. And until we understand that, we are rendered helpless in this warfare. A spiritual enemy has to be met on spiritual ground. That's the only way to deal. We deal in this preaching of the word of God. It's far beyond the little finite minds of men. I can tell you, I know we have a common statement that the preacher got on our toes. But I can tell you, he really ain't looking at your toes at all, brother. He's looking. I know what that means. I understand that. But I can tell you, it's more than your toes he's after. He's after your heart, my friend. He's dealing with that spiritual man. That toe ain't spiritual, but I can tell you that heart is. And the Word of God is quick and powerful and it discerns and it divides soul and spirit. And soul and spirit look a lot alike a lot of times. Only the Word of God. Oh yeah, you can be soulish all you want in a Pentecostal church and not be spiritual. 
And the only thing that can separate them two things is the Word of God, brother. Amen. That's the only thing that can separate soul and spirit. I've seen a lot of times, brother. I mean, they're carrying my, my, they're toting my stuff in the church at the beginning of the revival. But I can tell you what, they can't even shake your hand by the time the thing's over with. Are you listening? How we know we done tapped into something, brother. You know what I'm here saying to you? I'm telling you, this is deeper than that. There's a lot of soul in our modern Pentecostal churches because there's not much Word of God preached. But when that Word of God comes, all your religious shenanigans will go out the door because it divides the thing. Jude said, pray in the Holy Ghost. The reason why he said that is he because he said they'll be sensual, but they're not spiritual. It looks just like it, but it ain't it. It takes the Word of God to deal with that, folks. Only it can find out that attitude in you. That thing's been hiding in you a long time. But the problem was that Word just never pierced that thing. Yeah, it sat there. It worshipped with us for years. But you didn't know that thing worshipped with us until the Word of God came forth. Okay, that's why pastors won't have an evangelist in this hour for the most part. Because the gift of the evangelist is to find that stuff. I, I'm just preaching, brother. I don't know anything. I just come, prayed, seeking God. And a thousand, and then whatever happens, happens. I, I've had multiple times. It's had nothing to do with me. This, this is the gifts of God, brother. This has not, I have no ability in myself. But I know when that pastor gets up there at the end of service, Brother Roderick, and this has happened a, a several times recently, and it ble- it's a th- I thank God for it, and he says this, now I ain't talked to this evangelist. Amen. Well, what is that? I think, man, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, what, what would we do? I mean, what we get into here? You know what I'm saying? I ain't talked to this evangelist. I have no great spiritual gifting that tells me everything that's going on, brother. If God shows me, then I'll know. But I'm just a preacher of the Bible. And that's enough because under the anointing, it knows exactly what to do. You don't know what twist and turn this word's going to take, but only the Holy Ghost knows what's sitting in that house. And that's why it's Pentecostal preaching. It's supernatural, brother. It's God himself that's working in us. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. It's beyond your little personal preference. It's just something deeply spiritual, folks. This is Christ's holy bride, and we don't realize that, or we wouldn't do the foolish things we do in church. There's people going straight to hell. They cause more problems in the church. If I was ever to cause problems, it'd never be in the house of God. I can tell you, if I was going to cause a problem, it'd be out there in that crazy world. I wouldn't touch God's holy things. And it's amazing to me the brazenness of man that wants to put his hands to the holy things of God. Friend, you're in trouble when you touch God's things. You're in trouble. It's a spiritual war. 
It's a spiritual battle. I know that's a big subject, but it's important to highlight this continually. I've found the need. It's been God's assignment for our life for some time to remind us that this is a warfare that we are a part of, and it's in the Constitution. And until that changes... It's going to remain, brother. I said, until it changes, it will stay this way. I, I wish it could be different, but it's hostile. This is a hostility. It's in the nature. It's in the creation. It's in it all. God said it there. He put it in that. We can't escape the thing. Only remedies in Christ. It's the only way it's not there. That's the piece a pastor said to me. A brother from Pakistan has a Pakistani church there in the United Arab Emirates. He said a woman just got saved. It might have been a Hindu or something, or maybe a Muslim actually. And he said, been sitting in that church for some time. Him and his wife been ministering to her. And he said, I really believe she got born again in the service here the other day. We're about to baptize her. And she said to him, Pastor, this was her exact words. This blessed me. She said, I got the peace. Oh, come on now. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, I love, I, I love the purity of just an honest confession. Of people that don't know nothing. She said, I got the peace, Pastor. Well, something happened. I know what it is. He's the peace speaker. He's the peace giver. My God, he knows him by name. He is the peacemaker. He is the peace giver. He's the prince of peace. And when he comes, to live in that heart you get the peace brother the hostility of that heart is settled and Jesus comes in aren't you thankful for it tonight let's give God some praise for the peace it's the peace that passes the understanding but until the constitution changes until he comes and makes a new heaven and a new earth, which he will do. And until that lamb is the light of that city, there's no drunks there. There's no whoremongers there. There's no liars there. There's no bitterness there. There's no adulterers there, brother. Are you hearing me? I said there's no death or dying. There's no parting over there. Thank God we're going to live with the blessed assurance that God is with us forever thank God there'll be no more trouble ain't the Lord it'll all all things are made new thank God but it has to change and until that does we're in hostility even with the prince of peace in our heart we are still in a world that's shot through with hostility and when you recognize this and if you don't recognize it continually and understand that all the stress and pressure and antagonism and conflict of life is a direct result of it being in the DNA of it all. And when you recognize that, then you can deal with it. You can understand this is life. It's a part of this experience. And when you recognize that, then you can move forward. It may not seem encouraging, but I can promise you the quicker you embrace it, then the quicker you'll be able to be able to fight in this war. And a lot of our weakness is because we hadn't fully embraced this reality that this conflict is going all the way through until Jesus comes. And I just want to 
tell you that if you will just recognize that, then you can get up on your feet for the fight. Are you hearing me? You can take up the full armor of God. You can get your shield of faith and your sword of the Spirit and thank God forevermore. You can fight the good fight of faith. But we've been eating cotton candy so long from this pulpit in this country that there is no fighting spirit in God's people anymore. But I'm here to tell you, friends, it's still a war. And you're going to have to fight for your very spiritual existence. You have to fight for it. You have to refuse defeat, child of God. It's the only way to victory. Them dark clouds of doubt and unbelief are going to try to settle in on you on Monday morning. After a Holy Ghost outpouring, it's going to come in and try to settle on your mind. That's the way this works. You have to come to a place where you refuse defeat, friend. It costs something to be spiritual. Angels don't ain't going to prepare your devotional for you in the morning. You got to get up and get with God. You you got to get in his word. You got to stand in his might. And you got to fight with the armor of God. That's the only way. We wonder why hangnails knock most people out of the church for good. Their little feelings got hurt. Come on now. That's the soul realm if I ever known the soul realm. A little feeling got hurt. Now all of a sudden you can't be in the place God called you to be in. Amen. It takes something to stay where God wants you, brother. I said it takes something, but it's a battle. Now we know by the book of Joshua, I want to give you this contract or this, this, I want to highlight this truth and reality through these examples, both the Old and the New Testament, and bring these together and let you know exactly what God is doing in the midst of all of this. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. You know the command given to Joshua. Be strong, courageous. God told him that. It's going to be a war. It's a battle, brother. Joshua was called to be a leader of a fighting nation. But the promise God gave Joshua, be strong, courageous. And he said, do not fear or be dismayed. Everywhere the sole of your foot shall touch, I have given that land to you. You go across river and every place you touch that's yours Joshua everywhere that soul touches that's yours I give that to you and you take it because it's yours I've given it to you and then in Timothy we read where God told Timothy in chapter 2 verse number 3 and 4 of 2nd Timothy him thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ no man that is called to be a tangleth himself in the affairs of this life whom God is called to be a soldier. You know that I'm sure but I want you to see the striking similarities between both charges. What Paul told Timothy and what God told Joshua. Moses told Joshua the same thing in the 31st chapter of Deuteronomy and what the Lord was letting both of these men know is they were called to take up and occupy 
occupation, something that had already begun. This was not something they were starting new. This was the taking up of something that had already begun. They're to pick up that charge and they're to carry it through. What are you saying, Brother Jeremy? I'm saying the same is true for you and I. We've been called. We've enlisted in this battle and God has called you and I. We're not starting something that's never been. We're continuing something that has been. And God has called in the eternal mind of God what he knew in eternity past before he ever formed the earth. God had this in mind and he saw the end in view. That what you read of that city coming down in Jerusalem, New Jerusalem that you read in Revelation it was always the mind of God. The Lord didn't come behind picking up the devil's mess. He knew man would fail and that's why it says Christ was slain before the foundation of the earth. God wasn't coming up with a different plan. It was the original plan. He knew man would fail. He knew it all brother but that didn't deviate from his eternal will. God is going to get more glory out of all of this redeeming work and this is the call of the church. God has invited you in to this divine vocation. When you get born again you come into it. You go from that wandering state tilling the ground wondering why all these problems, why all the difficulties, why all the why does this happen to me? Why did that happen? I don't understand the emptiness, the confusion, the lostness, the monotony of this empty life. I don't understand it. But my God, when I got born again, something happened in me. That confusion went out. And thank the Lord. And if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are gone. That passed away. Behold, all things are new and all things are of God. Can you shout amen? What happened? I got a vocation, Brother Roger. I knew I was born, brother. I knew I was born. I wasn't wandering around no more. I knew what it meant. Divine vocation. I'm called to serve this God. I'm called to serve this God. Man's a fool if he believes he come from an ape. I'll tell you what, it takes a fallen mind to believe something that idiotic. I'm telling you what, you got to be an idiot no matter how smart you think you are in your intellect. You think someone said if we came from, if we, if we emerged from apes, why are they still apes? Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I'm telling you what. But, 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 you, but in that man is detached. You can't live. I was talking to a man. Talked to him a straight hour. Up there from India. He's on the way over there. I believe the Lord divinely positioned him. He listened at least one hour. This man heard everything I said. I mean, he's listening. He said, I'm reading the scripture. He said, I promise you, I'm going to read the Bible. After everything. I mean, I'm just telling him everything. From, from beginning to end, everything I knew. About God, about history, about Jerusalem, about at all. And he's listening. I got to listen in ear. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You feel like a prisoner sitting there. I mean, we're, you know. 
of them don't even know them, but you're sitting there. I mean, you're this close to them, brother. You're trying to eat your little meal right there. You know, I'm thinking, my God, man, I feel like we're in jail, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just telling you, told all of it, but I'm listening. He's listening, brother. He's over here making six figures from India. He said, I knew there's got to be more to life than this. He, he's wanting to move back home. He said, he said, America, he said, I feel there's no soul in that country. He said, just don't feel nothing but an emptiness. He said, I know it doesn't matter this money. I said, man, that's because there's something missing. You detach from your purpose. God made you to serve him, brother. By God, we've been called, my friend. And when you're born of the Spirit, you're reattached to the original. It's a divine meaning, purpose, a vocation of life. We're called to serve God. We're called to serve God. That's what it's all about. We're going to know Him. God puts that on the inside of us when we're born of the Spirit. And we're called into this. I don't know how to get people up for serving God any more than letting you know that. But we have this little mentality that we just, we're churchgoers. We don't even know that, that there's something far beyond just going to church. Folks, the redemptive work of Jesus is the doorway back into the original plan of man. You, ain't, you didn't just get saved to sit on your blessed assurance your whole life. And, and, and come just to be a churchgoer on Sunday. Just come sit down on a pew and just, you know, well, it's just my little church. You know, I love coming and we sing the songs I like, you know. And just We sing them out of the book. You know, a man told me one time, he said, yeah. I said, I said where have you been, brother? This is years and years ago. I mean, when these transitions were being made. He said, I'm going somewhere where I can sing out of the book. I said, the same words is on the screen right there. I said, what's the difference in it? He said, I'm going where I can sing out of the book. I'm telling you. Well, I thought, well, hallelujah, brother. God bless you. I mean, that's fine with me too. But I'm just telling you, it's beyond that, friend. We are called into service. You belong to God. It matters that you're here. You may never teach a class, preach a message, sing a song on this platform. Usher and I, but I can tell you what, Jesus is in you, and there's a measure of God in you that matters when it's here and when it's not. You say, it don't matter if I don't show up. It does matter when it shows up. Amen. I, I, I didn't understand that for a lot of years. I remember Brother Clinton giving the analogy of the gunfire. And if that, one, if that gun was out, there's a hole in that line of fire. I didn't understand the meaning of that for a long time. But I began to know the unity of the corporate body and the value of every measure that makes increase in the parts at every joint supply. It mattered that you hear and it mattered that you worshiped. It matters that you got in. And something that devil wants to remove that. And so you got to understand something. I'm going to bring a, I'm going to get to this, but I want you to know. This divine vocation of life, you hold, you have this. It doesn't matter if you're called to be. It ain't just a preacher, folks. This is just a part of the body. This is just a piece of it. It's not the pastor's responsibility to do everything here. It's no way. That's no way it is. Well, that's what you get paid. The devil is a liar, folks. That somebody has to be a shepherd, an under-shepherd, but it needs the body to function. It takes all of us in this body. 
I'm telling you that you and I have been called as a new generation and a last day's instrument to pursue a purpose that has already begun. And I believe that we are the generation that carry it all the way to the end. Now I want you to wrap your mind around that when it's hard for you to get up in the morning and think you have no reason to live. I'm telling you, if you're born of the Spirit, when you wake up, your life has value and it has a meaning in this spiritual world. You are a part of this, folks. The greatest thing the world's ever known, and you're a part of this. Thank God that you are. And you need to know that we are called to take this thing to finality. I know it with all of my heart. We're going to see him, folks. We will see. Think of the responsibility. No wonder hell has had a heyday ravaging and wrecking and trying to ruin the testimony of the Lord in the earth. He knows his time is short. Now when you look at the climate of Joshua and of, of, of Timothy that the whole areas of their life, the whole environment was an environment of conflict. Joshua was the leader of a fighting nation and Timothy was called to take the occupation of a soldier. When you read Timothy's letter from Paul you know that he speaks of two different types of war. There's a battle that has been fought to the finish already. And then there's one that speaks of a military campaign. Something that is fought in many phases. But it's something to continue on to the end. And that's important for us to know. Because there is a finished work already done. There's a battle that we could not fight that only Jesus could fight. And he fought it and he won it, brother. Are you listening? He is the captain of our salvation this issue of sin we could do nothing about but he did it it is a finished work on the side of what Christ has done but God has left us here and that understand this it's important for us to realize that this is a military campaign fought to the end and the reason why you need to know this is because if you don't you'll fall subject to the enemy isolating you in your personal battle see it's a trap all of a sudden all I can see is my problem all I can see is what happened to me all I can see is what I'm going through and all because that's highlighted continually over in my mind I become isolated all I can see is the trouble all I can think is why is this happening to me why did this go on what is the trouble all about and the enemy will isolate us in our trials if we let him and our problem is thinking that it's just the happenings of life but if you are a child of God, then there is no happenings to you. There is nothing just by happenstance. Every step is fraught with a divine purpose, friend. You represent God in the earth. It's important to know that. We are people of the light, and that's why hell is so opposed. He don't care if there's a thousand churches, but if there is a church that has the light and life of the Lord Jesus then he knows he's got a fight on his hands and he'll set himself against that in such a battle and we think I don't understand why this is happening and even at times we get offended about it 
But I want you to see tonight that you are a part of something bigger than yourself and that you as a believer have been entrusted to hold a definite position in the army of God in a spiritual way. Now I'm going fast, folks. You got to listen fast because there's just too much to, to get in here. But you need to understand this right here. God has entrusted you to hold a place spiritually in this body. Remember, it's a spiritual world. And when we're born of the Spirit, we're baptized into His body. And no matter what part of that body we are, we're holding a place spiritually. The enemy wants the grounds that God owns. And we hold the ground of the Lord. That we represent that the king has something in which he has rights in the earth to and he's coming back for. I believe that's why David left the ark in Israel. They wanted to take it with him. He said, leave it there. I'm going to a place afar off and I'm going to come back. I believe that God knew that king is coming back and that ark represented his rights in Jerusalem. So it didn't matter where the king was. There was something representing him in that holy city that's what we are by the spirit folks we are here tonight and Beaumont may not know we're here but hell ought to know there's a people on 11th street tonight and they are God's rights in this city and we're the reason why he's coming back hallelujah 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 I ain't got the voice to preach it. But I'm telling you, if I could preach it like I feel it, I, I mean, we'd be blowing this place up. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, we represent those grounds. We are the rights of God in this city right now. And we say the Lord has a right in this, in this community. Why? We're here. We're his body. I, I, I never much, much, much in prison ministry until recently. I had a couple opportunities to go in. I preached. We had trouble the first time. I was with a group of people both times. Well, the first time I was just there apart. I, you know, did music, whatnot. Didn't I testified or whatever. There's a group of us there. Couldn't get them in. There's all kind of problems getting them to the service. Took them forever to get there. Locked down. Had to check this. Had the guys, you know, upset about the the, the chaplain. He's wondering what's happening. I don't under. You know, he's saying what's going on and. This don't never hardly happen that much. And, and you know, so I had a little trouble getting I'm telling you, we had a move in there that night. Well, just a few weeks later, I was invited to preach at another one, maximum facility, went in there, all that, preached. I, same issue, couldn't get them there. This was a shorter service time. I mean, by the time I got to preach, I maybe had 10 minutes max. And you know I can't pray in 10 minutes. Say amen, somebody. I, I'm just here to tell you I couldn't get, had no time to get anything, but I had enough time to tell them a, a couple of things. And one thing I had to let them know. I said, you know what the devil knows here in this prison? I said, these jailers don't know what they're doing. I said, but there's a spiritual world. And I said, this same thing happened to me a few weeks ago. And I can only come to this reality. That there are people that represent life here. And hell knows that we here. And he knows that we're here. We're going to cause problems for the devil. And he gets upset because hell fears that life of God. There's all kind of religion coming through there, showing their, telling their little deals, but they ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? 
But when you have something, brother, you got trouble too. You got trouble. Why conflict of, of, the, of the kingdoms come together? It wasn't easy to come this revival. It won't be easy to come every night this meeting. A thousand things that keep you. There'll be a thousand things come up. The enemy doesn't want you to hear the word of God. Why? The word of God sets you free. One word. If he can keep you that hid, then he can keep you from liberty. But I want you to know that this is bigger than you and I. And so we understand because we occupy this place that the incidents of our life and our circumstances are not just things in themselves. It's greater than that. We're moving towards something and there is something opposing where we're going. And that's why all divine movements are fraught with opposition. Because the enemy don't want it. He's against the thing. So all the cunning and craftiness of the adversary and all of the resistance and the force and the, and the, uh, it's because we have become the focal point of battle. Have you ever wondered why sometimes the attack of your life seems to intensify? And I'm not talking about because you've done something stupid. You know, I mean, it's a, you know, sometimes we, we sometimes, you know how Pentecostal people are. I mean, they act, we act a fool and we create all the trouble and we blame the devil for it. No, you just had a bad attitude. You just handled it wrong. You just did the wrong thing. Come on. But I'm talking about when you know you're really walking in the spirit. Amen. You're walking in the light as he is in the light. And then you know that sometimes the intensity of warfare, that's why a lot of times we know what we're about to face at any given church or environment we go into before we even get there. Because I have found that that enemy tries imposing himself on me before I ever get to the pulpit or before I even travel to the city. And I feel this, that pressure, that something begins to transpire. There's a, there's a, there's a stirring in that spiritual world. And you know what? He just really just is just revealing himself a lot of times. But you're coming. You know you're about to come against something. You can feel it before you get there. Why? He's trying to impose his will. But we need to know that the sorrow and the crushing and the problems and the irritations are not just things in themselves. They're a part of a greater thing, a tremendous warfare. And that's why we need to come to understand these, these realities. For us to know before we ever get into that land, notice what God was telling Joshua. Be strong. Be courageous. He ain't even got there yet. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. I'm with you. See, you got to know that. See, we don't pay attention a lot of times when God preempts us with a word. Because we ain't listening. Or maybe we wasn't at church when he spoke it. You know how Pentecostals are. They think God only talks when they show up. Come on. But he's, he, he gives us words. Well, he's preparing us. I want you to know, you're, you're going to face something. You've never walked this way before. You're going to face things out there. 
Well, it's hallelujah. It's a gift, Lord. You done give the thing to us. No worries. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't fear. Do not be dismayed. God's preparing them for what is about to happen. And so when the Lord told his people that, that you're going to take this land, everywhere the foot you rest, the foot will be yours by gift. But when they got there, they very quickly realized that the land was still very much occupied with an enemy over there. And at the forefront of it, it would seem to be what God told them would have been a contradiction. But they had to come to realize something. And what they came to realize was this. They wasn't there to fight for a victory. They were there to fight in a victory. And that's two different things, brother. It was theirs by gift. They're not trying to fight for that. They're fighting in that. And what I'm here to tell you tonight, that in Jesus, it's a finished work, my brother. The Scripture says that he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it you know what that word spoiled means it means he stripped them a principal those he took that away that power that they had God took it away he took the grounds of the enemy out he took the keys of death and hell it's a finished thing on the side of God what did he take away it was the handwriting of ordinances that was against us that's the law of God and every one of us has broken that law you know what the grounds of the devil are he's the accuser of the brethren and the handwriting of ordinances is his prosecution argument and he's able to say this man is guilty this ordinance is against him he broke it but my God Jesus came are you here me I said Jesus stripped the devil of his power because through the cross he took it away he nailed it my God we ought to praise him if you thank God for Jesus right now and he has lost his ground (laughs) ain't no ground for him no more you, you want to live on defeated ground, you just give that devil a place back in your life that God hadn't done that work in you. Give him that ground. That's his ground, brother. That's his playground, my friend. You cause him to doubt the work of God in you, he's got you where he wants you. Jesus took that ground. He stripped it. That tells me he took the keys of death and hell He rose victorious, and guess what? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says, when I was dead in trespass and sin, hath he quickened us and made us alive in Christ, and he has exalted, seated us in the same position. At the right hand, we are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if you know that, you're going to look at your trials a lot differently. Why? Because you see them from up here. I read a, I read a commentary. A man is a, is a known commentator. Uh, he was you know, a student of his or something, or a guy that just knew him, something like that. I read, I read the guy's uh, story that he went in to visit this man in his office, and the secretary let him in. He wasn't in there. And when he got there, he said he had a placard up on his shelf that said, Look down. He said, the man, he come in there. I said, you know, I just want to ask you about this. He said, you know, why did, shouldn't that, surely that should mean look up. 
He said, oh, not when you know your place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on now. It's going to hit you in a minute. Amen. He said, you got to know your position, brother. Are you listening? Made to sin. <laughs> Hallelujah. In heavenly places in Christ. All things are under his feet. We do not yet see them as that. But we see Jesus. Thank the Lord. He is the Lord of all. And when you look from there, it looks a lot different. Down here it looks big. But you ever took a plane ride? By the time you get up in that 777 or whatever you're in, by the time you get up there, everything becomes small. Them mountains that were big, now they're just a little speck. That's it. Why? I'm ascending to a higher plane of life. That trouble, all of a sudden, I can step on I can just walk on that trouble. It's not nothing no more. Why? I know where I'm at. You have to see your trial from that position. If you don't, surely we're rendered defeated. But when you understand, child of God, the war changes, everything changes when you understand that you're in victory, not fighting for the thing. I'm already there in Him. And so I'm not trying to win something. I'm just fighting in what's already been done. Everywhere the foot your, your foot touches, then it's yours. It's by gift. But God leaves that enemy there for a reason. Amen. I'm not going to get into all that tonight because I got to get to my text. But I'll tell you this. I want you to I want to just I'm going to close this down here because I'm at already I don't got enough time. I'm just going to tell you bring you to this text tonight. Out of and, and this is in I read to you the 26th chapter, verse number 27. Out of the spoil one in battle did he give? Did they dedicate rather to maintain the house of the Lord? Now, reading this, it just really just leapt at me. You read that whole chapter, and just right there fixated in the midst of that, this scripture just leaps out. Now, God began to, to highlight this reality and explain so, a lot of things that had happened in my life over the last six years of time. Now, what I began to realize about this verse is that actually the emphasis of here, or at least will be for the message, is not how the not per se the battle initially, but how that there was something taken from the battle for the maintenance of the house. So the moment here I want you to see is not so much on the battles, though we know the realities of those, but it's on this word that's maintained that actually when you look it up is translated repair. Now that word maintain also means to strengthen, to make sound, and to consolidate. So there are battles that are connected to the building. And there are also battles that are connected to the maintenance of the building. To keep it from falling into disrepair. To keep the former glory of it. To keep it strengthened. To keep it maintained. To keep it preserved. There has to be an ongoing war for the maintenance of the house. It's not about what I used to be. It's about what I am now. Are you listening? It's not about a former glory and testimony. It's about what my testimony is today. And I've come 
come to learn that the battles have been allowed for the purpose of maintaining this house because we are a spiritual house built up as a spiritual priesthood. And God doesn't want a broken down witness. He wants a glorified witness. A house that speaks of the former glory that testifies that it's more glorious today than it was yesterday. And I've come to learn the only way to maintain it is through warfare. The same way the only way to gain inheritance in Joshua's day was through warfare. He had to increase into that land. There's no other way into it. Little by little he's going into it. They weren't strong enough. There wasn't enough of them to clear the whole land. But as they move into it, as they grow, mature, and they're strengthening spiritual things, it's not because you just learn stuff. It's because you go through stuff, brother. It's because you go through it. You have something. So now we understand that there are, that the warfare of our life is in relation to the preservation of our testimony, individually and collectively. That means something is going on after the work is finished. Why else would Jesus leave us here? It's for this reason. Ephesians makes it known. It's to the intent that, that God, through His church, is demonstrating the principalities and powers that God is revealing His manifold wisdom through the church. That's what we're doing, folks. And when you're here tonight, when hell sees Sister Linda sitting here, he can't wrap his ever-living mind around why that this lady would be here worshiping God. He can't figure it out. But you know what that life says it reveals manifold wisdom it testifies that God is greater than anything you could ever imagine and the devil cannot understand that he don't know why you're still in the kingdom he don't know why you're still preaching he don't know why you'd be at revival on Monday night he can't understand that but our trials These things, folks, are playing out on a greater stage than just here. All of the spiritual forces of life are watching on a great cloud of witnesses even. And they're looking upon what God is doing in your life. God is revealing His wisdom through us. And it's coming through the way of battle. There is no other way. Conflicts are allowed to keep things strong and pure and healthy. And so we can say this. Battles are the necessities to keep the purity of what God wants in His people. There's no other way. It's, just, can't, just, it's the only way. Folks, does anybody know what I'm talking about here tonight? Of course you do. Of course you know what I'm talking about. Because we as God's people have been thrown both individually and collectively into great conflicts. I have found out that as I moved on with the Lord, rather than these conflicts letting up, they have actually increased in their intensity, sometimes to the point of beyond my own human endurance. I know you know what I mean. Sure, of course you do. 
because you know a good deal about spiritual battles. Some of us more than others. But all of our battles are our battles. And we know that the reality of those, we know about the enemy coming in like a flood. We know the fury of our oppressor, the antagonism, the constant effort to break us down and to destroy us. And we often wonder why God would allow it. You're hardly out of one thing before you come into something else. And you know God could cut the things short. He could put things back exactly how they're supposed to be. But he leaves you right there. Right in the pressure. Only left to wonder. You know God's allowed the thing. But you don't know why he has allowed it. Amen. I said, God... I preached on your mighty deliverance. I read the word. You're a deliverer. You can get me out of this. Why are you leaving me in this? He said, because you're going to feel every bit of this one. Are you listening? He said, because you're going to feel every bit of it. Oh, my. That's rough. Oh, it's going to touch you. I never had these troubles. Where'd this come from? But I would have never handled you the way I handle you now had I wouldn't have went through it. Said because I, I, there's conditions. Mark this end time. And I'll tell you, if you're going to be anointed to deliver people, then you're going to have to feel every ounce of the conditions of our world. I don't mean we go through everything that everyone goes through. But we go through what he allows us to go through. For the purpose of being a witness unto him. See, we know God could pull us out. But I understood something now. There's nothing more he wants me to get out of this than just getting out of it. (laughs) It's more than just saying... He brought me out to miry clay. It's more than just saying, he's the fourth man in the fire. He delivered me from the fire. But he delivered me in the fire. (laughs) Not just out of it, in it. But I had to go through that for something deeper than just what I'm seeing on this surface thing. God wants allowed to walk through this season. Someone said, that should have took you out. Well, I know what it was meant to do, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want you to know that I don't have all the answers to the whys, all of the questions. But when God opened up this verse to me, I can tell you he opened a window to me, brother, into his doings and his dealings. How did the spoil one in battle? I want to tell you that the enemy... I've come to learn he's actually God's instrument in maintaining his house. Hallelujah. I said he's God's instrument in maintaining his house. What the devil meant for evil, God will make it good. Say amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we speak the 
wisdom of God in a mystery, even hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of the world knew. For had they have known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. I want to tell you what, friend. I've just learned to take the devil on a little tour. Are you helping me tonight, Sister Carolyn? Now, I, ain't like, I don't like to be close to him. But every once in a while, I like to take him on a tour. And I like to show him the things. You remember this devil? Oh, yeah. You remember that lie? You remember you tried, you remember that knife in the back? You remember you tried to take me out, devil? You meant that. You remember that attack on my family? You remember that attack on my children? You remember that attack on you listening to me? You remember that attack? You just gotta let the devil know, saying to God, you gotta remind him that the thing he meant for evil, it was meant, oh yeah, it was supposed to be a death blow. But guess what? I'm still preaching in 2023. I'm just here still letting the devil know and it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord somebody ought to stand up right now and let's give the Lord some praise that you're still here friend I'm not going to get to it all but I'll just tell you this here's what I learned I actually got something out of it. Brother Jeremy, do you know why that happened? No. Here's what I learned, though. I sought God for the answer. God, you know, if you, if you could just understand the thing, it helps. Oh, this is why that happened. But I realized something. That Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 was no longer just a magnet on my refrigerator. It was not just something I had intellectually. See, that's what God wants us to know. These truths can only be inwrought through experience. No other way. It don't matter what you know. You read it. You know it. You can quote it all. That thing is hard till you pass through the thing. And then, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I had none. But all of a sudden, I got a revelation. Sometimes you don't know that actually what you know is actually is the revelation what you don't think you know. And what I realized, my revelation was this. No, I do not know why I went through that. But here's what I do know. I got more now than what I had. <laughs> At the end, I got something now, brother. I said, Brother Jeremy, you don't preach the same. What would you do? Did you learn a few more Bible verses? Oh, no. Just went through something. Oh, hallelujah. I just went through it. And now that patience gave way to experience, brother. Now it's not just what I say, it's what I am. Are you listening? And I'll tell you, nothing, nothing pierces that darkness like when you are what you say. Oh, you carry something. You listen? I, I just don't have time for I met too many people that really walk with God. Sister Linda, I know of, we've mentioned you several times. I, I've mentioned Brother John several times in preaching this gospel. Said an old man from Beaumont. I told his story. I said, but I watched that man 
I said, if he could have lifted his hands, he would. Lost his daughter, everything. But you know where he was? Right here in that front. That next service. I said, I ain't got time for these little hurt feeling people that they quit God over every little thing don't go their way. I said, I said you know why? Because I said, I know, too, I, I know people that have stuff. I know they have something in God. And they are the ones that point me to the Lord Jesus. And they're the ones that let me know this life is worth a living, friend. It's worth a living. I met people that know God, that walk with Him. And I want to tell you this, that nothing that you're going through now is something for God just to take you through to say that you got a victory. He has made us more than conquerors. That means God intends for me to take something out of that battle that is of value to the Lord. Everything that was left behind by that enemy, I can take it now. Put it in the storehouses of God and I can testify that the Lord is good. Are you hearing me tonight? Let's lift up our hands to the Lord right now. God's not just giving you a fight to say you won. God means for you to get something out of this. Something extra. Something of value to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands. Let's magnify the Lord. Let's just thank Him right now. Oh, God, we praise you. God, we praise you. It's out of the spoils that are won in battle that you're building a church. You're building a church. You're building a church, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I believe there's some people in here. Listen, thank you for staying with me. I know I preached a while here tonight. But folks, this ain't just a message to me. I believe it's something that's helped me more. And I want it to help you as much as it's helped me. And I believe that tonight if we can see the grace of God as we pass through the conflicts of life over some position we've taken with the Lord. Let me tell you, when you take that position of the Word of God, it's immediately taking you into conflict. Because this thing has to be worked in you, folks. It can't just be something intellectual. God wants this to be actual in your life. We don't just pass the truth to our children. I'm not trying to just pass truth to my son. I have to pass the life of the truth to my son. They're learning the scripture. They know the scripture. But the life of that scripture has to be known. See, God don't want you to just know something in an intellectual way. He wants you to know it in a living way. And the only way it's known livingly is when you bring it through something. And it's proved to be reality. Taking a position on the Word of God. Folks, it's severed even the closest relationships that I've had in life and even in ministry. Because I stood on a position of the Word. And because it took me into great conflict. It hit home. It hit deep, folks. But the Word of God will do that. Are you listening? It'll bring you to conflict. I can tell you it's worth passing through. Because in the deepest, darkest hours of my life was Jesus made more known to me than He's ever been made known. I've been to that holy place, folks. And it wasn't when I was shouting in a good service. It was in the deepest pain of my life. But I come to know Him. Hallelujah. In a deep way. When my dad passed away suddenly, now he had some issues, but I didn't know what was going to happen when it happened. 
We was gone away preaching. I told Caleb we had just drove away. I hugged him that night. Peyton had a ball game. We, we allowed him to stay with my mom because we were going to preach five hours. I wanted to be there for the game. I said, we're going to go with just one day of, of services. We'll drive right back. We called at 4.30 in the morning. My, my sister called me. He's gone. I'm telling you, that, that hit deep, folks. That hit deep. But I, 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 that struck me deep. But I told Kayla this after I got over that shock there for a few minutes. I said, I can tell you what I am going to do this morning. I'm going to preach. I am going to preach this message God gave me. And I'm going to let the devil know we still marching on. This is beyond. This is an eternal life, friend. This is an eternal life. Hallelujah. And I knew I, I got back home. And in the time between that and that funeral, I got in my closet, Brother Roderick. I got where I get a hold of God. And when I got there, you know who was there? Jesus was there. <laughs> I said, he was there. And you know what he said to me? I got down on my face and immediately the Lord come face to face with me. And he said, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And he picked me up, brother. I can't explain this to you. I'm just telling you, he picked me up and he stood me up in the power of his might. I'm telling you, it's real, friend. I said, this is real. This life is real. Oh, I thank God I know it is. And it's out of the spoil won in battle that he we give to repair the house of the Lord. But here tonight, you need strength for the battle. I want you to come right now. God's going to help you tonight. You need strength for the battle. Friend, you know something you didn't know before the message. God means for you to take something out of this trial. Are you hearing me? He means for you to take something. There are spoils. You're fighting in victory, saint. You're not trying to win it. You're fighting in it. And God means for you to take something. I said he means for you to take something. Out of the spoiled one did he give. Oh, may God strengthen you tonight as we accept the pressure and the weight of the trial. Oh, God, we're going to take something of value. Let's seek the Lord around this altar. Y'all go ahead. Let's worship. Let's draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.